Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Your word says in 2 Chronicles, if my people, that's us, who are called by your name will humble themselves and pray, then you will forgive our sins and you will heal our land. Lord God, we pray right now for the United States of America. Lord, heal our land. Lord God, we need you. We need you more than ever. Heal our land, Lord. Heal our land. Rid us of this coronavirus. Take a stand against it in Jesus' name. We say no more. You will not come in our borders. We kick you out in Jesus' name. We say this is God's land. We hold you to your word, Lord. You said if we would cry out, you would heal our land. Heal our land, Lord. Heal our land. Lord, we pray for our president. We pray for our vice president who is leading this charge for the coronavirus. We pray you give him wisdom. Give him understanding, Lord. Give him knowledge as to how to deal with this, Lord. We pray for all the doctors and nurses and the health providers who are taking care of those who are sick. Lord, just move by your spirit across our land, Lord. Cause revival to break out. Cause people to turn to you, Lord God. Forgive our sins and heal our land. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Lord, we're thankful for the history that America has had to send the gospel throughout the world, to send in the past more missionaries than any other nation has gone from this country, has gone from this nation, into all the world to share the gospel, to, to educate, to bring schools, to bring medicines, to do all these things, to feed the poor, and to bring the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ. But Lord, in recent years, you've been sending missionaries to us as a nation. Lord, restore us once again. Restore unity in our nation. Restore unity in our nation, oh God. Father, there's such division over this land. It's making room for the enemy to come in and just do all sorts of evil. But you say that you will raise up a standard against the enemy. We exalt your name this morning, Jesus. We exalt your name. Be exalted, oh God. We pray for our president. We pray for our vice president. Lord, And we thank you that they're being active in doing what they're doing. But God, most of all, we pray that your name be lifted up over this nation, that the name of Jesus be declared, the goodness of God and the glory of God shine over this nation again. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, pray that at a time like this, your people, Lord, your people that trust in you, God, your people that worship you would stand out, God, that we would stand out and stand strong in the spirit of the living God. Father, pray that your people would not be overcome with the fear that the world is overcome with. Father, pray that your people would stand out among the people of the world because we have the spirit of the living God in us. Father, pray that your people would stand out and not fall to fear because we do not stand in fear of judgment. We do not stand in fear of death. We do not stand in fear of anything the enemy can throw at us because our Lord and our God is our shelter and our shield. He is our strong tower. Father, I thank you that at a time like this, your people who trust in you, God, those of us who love you, God, who look to you, Father, would stand out among the people of the world that the light of Christ would shine through us and people would ask and say, why is it that you don't fear? And we would say, I have nothing to fear because the one that I believe in has taken out the fear. Yes. 
the one that I believe in is in control over all things. What is a coronavirus in light of Christ Jesus the Lord? What is what, what is the what what is the, the control of this world, the fear that this world can throw at us in the power of the Lord Jesus? So Father, I pray that your people would stand strong, stand as lights showing forth the presence of God in us. Father, we give you thanks for your goodness. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, Lord, and as it is written, the righteous run into it and are safe. Father, we run into the name of our glorious God and Savior, Lord Jesus, and we are safe. Thank you, God. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Lord, we just, we know that you love this nation. You love the people that live here, that dwell in this land. We pray for revival. We pray for a mighty revival to come for this land to be once again filled with worshipers. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. We'd like to uh, dismiss the children at this time to go to their class. Uh, remember to go on up, first of all, to Miss Liz's class there for, for music. Our service today, <clears throat> boy, I sung, I sung too, I sung hard today. <laughs> um, our service today will be... Uh, I think a real blessing is going to be several different parts to it. Um, given all the uh, given all the stuff that's in the in the news media today and this past week and month and yeah. All the, all the different uh, uh, aspects of dealing with uh, coronavirus, all the fear and the panic. I mean, the fear and the panic is, is just amazingly thick, you know? We get all this, this recommendation, social distancing. I came in this morning and the worship team was practicing. I started separating the chairs on the front row and they looked at me I said it's not for social distancing Nancy's mad at me today and I'm just gonna have some room yeah. um, I think following the guidelines is good do it you know we've got hand wipes back there we're taking all the precautions who wants to spread a virus right the truth is in the midst of all that we serve a living God we serve a powerful God. Fear is so palpable in the land, we're canceling every gathering, and it's even prevailing upon the church. Uh, the churches shouldn't gather. You know, a lot, of, a lot of churches have canceled their services, but, you know, they also have online service, and you can just social distance yourself and watch it online. We don't have that, so you have to come in person. So, in light of all the seriousness, I thought I'd take a couple of things to lighten the atmosphere first. First of all, I want to know if everybody has enough toilet paper. Because we have these giant industrial rolls that we use here, and we have one that we could give away to anybody that's really... <laughs> and on another lighter note, 
I was reading uh, about the children of Israel in, uh, in the wilderness, and Moses and, and uh, Joshua, and God's provision for them throughout that time. Throughout that entire time, God provided for them. And uh, I had this, uh, this thought of when God was providing them food and manna from heaven was raining down. And I got this picture in my mind that Joshua went over to visit with Moses and to discuss the things of God. And he was getting ready to leave Zipporah. That's Moses' wife said, would you like to stay for dinner? And he's like, yeah, what are you having? Uh, manna. <laughs> and he's like, I would like to stay. In fact, everyone knows that you make the best manna around. <laughs> I mean, what do you say when you've got nothing to eat but manna? That leads into the next panic attack. And uh, I suggest everybody, if you want water this morning, there is no more bottled water available here right at the moment. There was a, a run on it. So we have what you call a well. It's known as a, it's known as a, a thing that water comes out of. And it gets checked by the DEC all the time. They said it's excellent, wonderful water. Go ahead and pour yourself a, a cup. You'll enjoy it. Take some home. Who said that? <laughs> the, the Bible says, fear not. Now, I have not checked this, but I read it on several sources. The Bible says, fear not 365 times. That's one for every day. Amen. Except this year we had a leap year, and fear leaked out. <laughs> As believers, we can use and appropriate these scriptures not just once a day, but every day. Amen. And all of them, and all of the promises of God are yea and amen, right? I want to read this morning now a little bit on, on a more serious note. You know, uh, when these kind of things, I, I've, li I've lived a few years and I've never seen this kind of thing happen in my time. I've never seen this type of, of uh, control. And I, I've read all kinds of th things. And some of you know I'm a little bit on the conspiracy theory side of things. I heard one the other night that actually the, this whole thing is instituted by aliens. <laughs> no, seriously, they have a base that they've had underwater for years but now they're creating a, a panic upon the whole earth so that we're actually prepared for when they show up. Now, I don't believe that. <laughs> hey, Jason, it's good to have you back. It's good to see you. I've heard that, uh, you know, it's the uh, One World Order, the Illuminati controlling uh, how the earth and the people on the earth can be herded and, 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 and uh, directed. And I do believe that there are principalities and powers and spiritual darknesses in, in, darkness in high places that are at work. I believe that there's spiritual warfare at work. And I believe that there are, as I said, spiritual wickedness in high places at work. We did something today that directly affected the spiritual wickedness. We worshiped the Lord God, and then we prayed in the name of Jesus. That has power and authority over the heavens and uh, the spiritual uh, forces and wickedness and spirit, uh, forces of darkness that are at work. 
But we as the people of God, we should not be caught off guard. In fact, we're exhorted, don't be caught off guard in the day. Jesus in Luke chapter 21, he says, uh, don't let anyone, in verse 8, don't let anyone mislead you. Don't let anyone mislead you. Many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and saying that the time has come, but don't believe them. And when you hear of wars and insurrections, don't panic. We got to practice social distancing, yet we all run to Costco yeah. <laughs> and eat free samples that everybody's touched. I guess they did away with those. He says, Don't believe them. And when you hear of wars and insurrections, insurrections, don't panic. Yes, these things must take place first, but the end won't follow immediately. Folks, it's not the end of the world. Just read it. It's not the end of the world. If it was the end of the world and you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, then you will reign with Him for a thousand years and you won't have to worry about having that much toilet paper stored up. The end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and there will be famines and plagues in many lands. And there will be terrifying things and great and miraculous signs from heaven. But before all this occurs, there'll be a time of great persecution. You will be dragged into synagogues and prisons and you will stand trial before kings and governors because you are my followers." But this will be your opportunity to tell them about me. How many have looked at this last crisis and said, we got to go to Three Bears. We got to go to Costco. We got to store up. Nothing wrong with that. Trust me, I got uh, how much dried food in storage? I mean, if it all comes down, come to our house. We got, we got the prepper's dream. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, we, we live in a van down by the river. <laughs> there you go. Um, so we wake up in the morning and we go, uh, we got to get to the store. We got to buy. Our daughter sent us a picture of HEB. How many know what HEB is down in, in Texas? It's the premier grocery store. I mean, it's the elite. It's great. They have everything. We've been there. It's just, you know, it's nice. It's clean. It's just, you know, and she took a picture, sent it to us, and it is Empty. Empty. And she said, you can feel the fear and the panic. It's atmosphere. She says, the devil is having a heyday. So how many of us have woken up in the morning and said, we better do this? And then in light of what I've just read, maybe we should move into the kingdom of God where we actually exist and, and dwell in Christ. We exist and dwell and have our being and wake up and say... Today is my opportunity. We just read it. He said, in the face of all this, this is your opportunity. And why is it your opportunity? For several reasons. One is throughout history of the people of God, say there was a famine in the land. And they said, we better move over here where there's no famine. And he said, you stay put and you will prosper. The word there is, you hear from Him. Be where He tells you to be, doing what He tells you to do, living as He shows you to live, and you will prosper. Amen? Today is our opportunity. 
it's not the day for us to enter into survival mode, but it's our opportunity to share the good news of Jesus Christ. It's, good news, it's our opportunity to live as people, the people of God. Amen? Um, we're going to break the service up into a couple of categories this morning. My wife is going to close the service uh, as the Lord has put something on, on our hearts. You know, the, we were in prayer, she was in prayer, and we were praying together a, a while back before all this came out. Lord spoke to her, said, great change. Was, was that the word? Great change is coming. And we're like, oh, okay. Yeah. We like change. <laughs> Isn't it funny sometimes as the Lord speaks to you, or you've been given a word from the Lord, or you hear a word, and you're like, oh. And it unfolds altogether differently than you think or expect. So we're going to have her share. We're also, I want to ask our brother Bob Bergeron. He, he's our missions director and our basically our, our main missionary going out to far reaches of the world over the years. And he just had to cancel his trip to the Philippines that he was going to go on. But uh, he's got some insight into uh, travel. You want to come up and share that with us? Good morning, everyone. Great worship. I haven't been here for three weeks. It was just wonderful to to come and worship as a family. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've had to cancel my trip to the Philippines, uh, so I've been thinking about travel restrictions and travel difficulties. And uh, so um, some of you might be familiar with uh, the book of Ezra, and uh, I don't want you to turn there, but in Ezra chapter 8, just give me a, a little background here. Uh, Back, back in that time, about 450 B.C., um, well, David established Jerusalem as a place where people would worship the Lord. And, uh, and uh, David brought the ark of God's presence into Jerusalem. And uh, because the people did not follow the Lord for, for 500 years, they were deported to Babylon. And... Uh, the, the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed, and, and yet uh, uh, after the Babylonian kingdom was destroyed by the Persians, um, some of the, um, you know, there were hundreds of thousands of Jewish people that were deported, taken from their land of Israel and taken to uh, what's now Iran, taken to now what's now Syria, and different places uh, like that. And uh, for 70 years, none of them went back to Jerusalem. And then after 70 years, some of them went back to Jerusalem. Well, fast forward another 100 years, and it's the time of Ezra. And Ezra was a worshiper of God, just like we were today. And, uh, and back then, the place where you worshiped was Jerusalem. Well, the, back then, they had travel difficulties. It would take, you know, Ezra had about, uh, well, maybe 10,000 men with him, plus their families and their livestock and their sheep and, and their donkeys and their little babies. And uh, it would take about two months to travel back to Jerusalem. And the uh, king Artaxerxes, the king of Persia, that... Uh, uh, deputized Ezra to take all these people back to Jerusalem so, because they wanted to go back and worship the Lord. They wanted to be in the place where God's presence was. Now we have his presence in our hearts, amen? Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, the king of Persia said, I will give you uh, uh, an armed escort because back then travel for 2,000, uh, you know, two months, uh, there were bandits, there were robbers, there were uh, uh, cities that were in rebellion against the king of Persia. It was not an easy thing to travel uh, two months without an armed escort. 
But Ezra had told the king, our God is able to provide, protect us. And so um, he got, uh, Ezra gathered all the people together, and he said, he said, look, the king has offered us an armed escort. Well, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. It's n- nothing wrong with a bed with an armed escort. But Ezra said to the king, we don't need an armed escort because our God is the God that created the heavens and the earth, and he's more than able to protect us because we're going to go back to Jerusalem to worship him, and we're his servants, and we're going we're gonna... to... So he spoke faith to King Artaxerxes, okay? But this is what he did. Not only did he speak faith, that's good to speak faith, but this is the second thing that he did. He gathered all the people together, and he said, we're going to fast, and we're going to pray for three days. Well, he didn't say for three days, but it ended up being three days. He said, we're going to fast and pray, because I made these faith declarations to the king of Persia that our God was going to protect us. Now let's pray and make sure that he's going to protect us. And they prayed, they fasted as a whole, uh, the whole group of them, until the word of the Lord came, until the prophet spoke, until they had assurance that God was going to cover them. And they didn't just have little children. You know, they, they had an offering. We brought our offerings today, amen? They had an offering. Just part of the offering was 7,500 pounds of gold. That was just part of the offering. I mean, they, you know, if, if bandits wanted to rob somebody, they, they were number one target. And I'm sure the devil knew that, but God's greater, amen? But see, they didn't just make a declaration of faith. They prayed, they fasted, they waited on God till the word of the Lord came, and they had assurance that God would protect them. And then they went forth, and they were totally protected. And so... Obey what the government's telling us to do, yeah. unless it's contrary to the Word of God. Amen? And, uh, and yet, have faith in God. And, and don't let fear control you. Amen? Because fear can destroy our love. Mark was talking about our love, our love for the lost. There are a lot of lost people in America a lot of lost people just in the valley. And uh, we can be a light and, and, a, and a faithful remnant. Amen? You know, one of the things we discussed was uh, along with you know, he says, obey the things. CDC puts out the guidelines and, you know, like I say, social distancing. I just love that word. I'm going to use it, social distancing. You know, we, we had a little thing we were going to put up here of uh, our new greeters policy. I, I don't know if we have that available, but it's basically an old Seinfeld thing. And they're, they're not touching. They're just... Um, and uh, we said, well, you know, we got hand stuff, sanitizer, and we've wiped down the doorknobs. We're doing everything we're supposed to do. We have the blood of Jesus on the mantle, on our hearts. But somebody made a comment. That's all good, but how are we going to contain Sid? <laughs> Sid's like the love of God. You know, you try to be as structured as you can, and be, you know, but it just breaks out. The love of God just breaks out. Our God is faithful. I'm going to do this, and then Nancy's going to come up and uh, share some things with us that I think are real vital for, for us. Um, I use this prayer guideline a lot. It's the Lord's Prayer. I recite the Lord's Prayer in an expansive form on a regular basis, uh, not just the form I learned as a little kid. 
at vacation Bible school, but our Father which art in heaven, holy is your name, hallowed be your name. We sing the song here, your name is a strong and mighty tower. You know, we run into your name. Um, uh, what's all the verses to that song, your name? Anyway, this is your opportunity, brother. I think the name of God is something to reflect on on a regular basis to remind yourself, who, who is this God? I serve a living God. Who is He? He's a God that deals with sin. Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. He is Jehovah Sidkenu. He is our righteousness. Jehovah, our righteousness. That doesn't mean that I don't want to live a good standard of living. I don't want to live right. It just means that I can never live up to the standard that's necessary. So God made a way. And he said, I will become your righteousness. So as I name the name of the Lord, I know that I'm righteous because he's righteous. And he's my God. He is Jehovah M. Kadesh. He's the Jehovah who sanctifies. How many knows what that means? If you've been sanctified. Sanctified means that you've been set apart as a vessel for holiness. I like that. I'm a vessel set apart for holiness. Do I always act holy? Absolutely not. I really blow it a lot. Uh, I make big mistakes. I don't make a lot of little ones, but I make some pretty, pretty, pretty big ones. Jehovah Shalom. God is our peace. How many are feeling peace, uh, a lack of peace and feeling unrest and not sure what to do? I tell you what, just call on that name. God, you're my God. You're Jehovah Shalom. You're my peace. And something will change. The atmosphere will change. You are Jehovah Shammah. You're, you are there. Jehovah is there. God is there. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. He's closer than our very breath. He's always there. How many have felt like, well, where are you, God? I'd love it if you, I'm going to ask God to open all our ears so that we hear him, so that when we're in that desperation place, we say, where are you, God? And he says, I'm right here. And you, oh. I remember a few years back, we were at a conference, and the conference was about men and men and what they've done and how they've uh, acted unrighteously towards women over the, over the years. And, and they called for repentance, and they called for all the men that were there to not only repent, but to stand in for all the other men. So I was like, I don't know how this fits into my doctrine. You know, I don't know how this fits into the, the way I view things, but I'm going to do it. And I got on my knees... At the, at the pew that we were there, we were at a, a, at a church and at this conference, and I got on my knees, and, and I was like, okay, well, yeah, I can think of how I've victimized, been a part of that. I, I can think of how I mistreated women. I can think of how I've thought about uh, objectifying women. I can, I, I know this. So God, I, I just ask you to forgive me. Someone in that crowd, a woman, had spotted me and had known me from years before and before I was a Christian and had come down and I got my eyes closed and I'm just, and they whispered in my ear and they said, I forgive you. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, what was that? You know, and then I waited till I thought it was a, a, a safe social distance. <laughs> and I went, and I go, oh, I know them <laughs> from years ago. Yeah. I talked to them later. They said they were filling on in on behalf of the women's place in that whole scene to forgive. 
that women need to be walking in a forgiving place. So anyway, uh, Jehovah Shammah, he is there. Where are you, God? I'm right here. Amen. He's closer than your very breath. He lives in you. Jehovah Rophe, he is my healer. I walk in that a lot. I confess that one a lot. God is my healer. Hallelujah. I, I, I say this pretty much on a daily basis. Uh, Jehovah Jireh, he's my provider. One of my favorite scriptures is Proverbs 10, 22. It's God who gives a man power to get wealth, and he adds to it no sorrow. You know what that means? To me, it means that I won't lose my family over chasing wealth. I won't lose my friendships. I won't lose my children. I won't lose my... Uh, over chasing wealth, because it is God who gives a man power to get wealth, and he adds to it no sorrow. I use that a lot. If you, if you ever need to break into my phone uh, to check my messages, Proverbs 10, 22. I'm going to change it this afternoon. Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah is my banner, and Jehovah Rohi is my shepherd. All of these things are under the name of God. He's everything about everything to us. And he really wants us as his children to, to come to him as a little child would to their own father. Amen? Nancy, do you want to come up and... Would you like a, a, do you want to come up here or down there? Why don't you come up here? You're much better looking than me. They want to see you. I have my smaller Bible today, so this one. Don't need the big podium. Usually my Bible I bring is so big it just collapses the thing. That's why I have to have that wooden podium. You guys might wonder, that's why. But I brought the little one today, okay? <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Well, when I was uh, uh, speaking a week before last about securing our future and how we do that by walking in the presence of the Lord, um, the Lord was speaking to me about our children. And I want to speak about that today. Um, in John, uh, I'm going to read a couple of scriptures first. In John 3:16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Okay, now this does not just apply to you, parents and adults. This applies to our children as well. And now when my daughter was three, um, <clears throat> we had a gentleman in the church at the time. He was part of our leadership back then, and he, he just said that, he told me, he said, well, your kids can't come to know the Lord when they don't even know what that means, you know, and he kind of um, was speaking this to me because I was in the process of leading our children to the Lord, and I said, okay, that's fine. You, if that's what you want to believe, believe it. I don't believe that, but anyway, so, so example that we have, we have an example in the Word. In First Samuel, Okay, Hannah had been crying out to the Lord because she wanted to have a child. And she cried out to him day and night for a long period of time. And finally, the Lord blessed her with a baby. And Samuel was born. And she, she told the Lord that she was going to dedicate him to uh, service of the Lord. And he would go and serve the priest because he was... So he was a child that she had waited for for so long, and she knew it was the Lord that gave her the child, and she wanted to dedicate him to the Lord. So her and her husband would go uh, down to the temple and, and celebrate every year and give their offering, and they'd take the baby Samuel with them. And then when he got to be old enough, when she had weaned him, she gave him to Eli the priest, okay? So he was um, just a small child, and he had a little cot that he laid on in the room there, the other side of Eli, and... Uh, there was a, one night when he was asleep, and the Lord spoke to him and called him and said, Samuel, Samuel, and he thought it was Eli. So he ran to, to uh, Eli and said, I'm here. Did you call me? He said, no, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And this happened, like I believe, three times. And, um, 
anyway, uh, Eli finally told him, you know, the Lord might be speaking to you. Hear what he has to say. And the Lord gave him a word for Eli. And it was about what was going to happen to his sons. The horrible things were going to come to pass because of their transgressions. Samuel was three years old, okay? When the Lord first started calling him, he did not know the Lord. Yes, he was in the priest's house, but he hadn't come to know the Lord yet. But he heard the Lord's voice. The Lord audibly spoke to him, and he started following the Lord when he was three. Now, our daughter, Nikki, our youngest is in Texas now, she came to know the Lord when she was three. And I'm going to tell you how it happened, because it's important that you know how this takes place. First of all, you as parents need to know the Lord. Now, if you don't know the Lord, you need to accept him as your Lord and Savior, which you can do that, you know, today if you don't know him. And it's not just that you recognize Jesus as a Savior. It's a commitment to him. It's asking him to come into your life, forgive you for your sins, acknowledging him as your Lord and Savior. And then, as our sister Terry Ann did, she's not here today because she's ministering to a sick friend. Then you get baptized, and the baptism in water is to make a public acknowledgement that you were a sinner, you're saved, and now you're baptized in water into the kingdom. And then the next step that it talks about in the Word is you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to read the scriptures about that in a minute. But before I do that, back to Samuel. He was only three. So there is absolutely no reason why your children cannot come to know the Lord at a very young age. Now, it is up to you, parents, to teach them. That is not something the church does. You, as parents, need to speak to your children about that, okay? Now, Nikki, I remember she was, um, I think she was sitting on my lap in our living room. I still remember the day it happened. Anyway, she was talking to me about Jesus. I said, well, do you want to come to know him as your Lord and Savior? She said, yeah, I do. Well, what, can I do it right now? You know, and, and she, she really didn't know much about it. And so uh, I read her the scripture, and I prayed for her, and she accepted the Lord that day. And I remember she started singing then. And those of you who have been at church are for a while. You might remember she used to be a worship leader here until she got married and moved to Texas. But anyway, um, she just started singing. She'd wake up in the morning singing. She'd sing when she went to bed. She was praising the Lord from the age of three. Now, our two sons, um, they got to know the Lord at five and six. We were living up in Fairbanks, and each child is different, so you just have to be sensitive to them. You know, there's a timing. Anyway, I remember we were living in Fairbanks. They had accepted the Lord, and um, they decided they wanted to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, this was kind of funny. Okay, so we lived in downtown Fairbanks, okay? So they're riding their bicycles. Um, Michael was the one that was more vocal. He was my little prophet. Anyway, he's in heaven with the Lord now. But anyway, Jesse's kind of more calm. But anyway, so they, they uh, I pray for him. They want to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. They get their prayer language. Micah gets on his bicycle, starts riding through downtown Fairbanks, praying in tongues as loud as he can. I said, uh, I, don't, I don't know if that's a good idea. <laughs> you know, probably you should do that. You know, in, in your room, in the house somewhere, you know, people are going to ask you what's going on. He was just so excited, riding his bike through downtown Fairbanks. Anyway, so I just want to encourage you. I really felt the Lord speaking to me about this. The sooner that your kids come to know the Lord, the better it will be, okay? Because it will affect what they do in school, what friends they choose, and they will start from a very young age to exhibit that. It says that Samuel, from the time that he was in Eli's house, he grew in stature and favor with the Lord from the age of three. So it's not impossible. It's something that is very doable, okay? And I want to turn to Acts 2. Anyway, another, another scripture that I'll read while I'm on the way to Acts is John 14, 6. It says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. So you can't come to know Jesus unless you, you got to go to him. You can't know the Father unless you know Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other God, okay? There's no other God. There isn't a Buddha. There isn't a uh, whatever the, whoever the Muhammad, whoever the other gods are. Those are all false gods. There's one God, one way to heaven, Jesus Christ and him crucified. Okay, and that is the only thing that you need to tell your children. That's the only thing that you need to know when you're talking to other people. Okay, that is life. That's what's going to secure your future. That's what's going to bring you into the presence of God, Okay. And I was reading back over my notes from two weeks ago, and it was before any of this stuff happened. I was kind of shocked at what the Lord was speaking to us, because he said that we were going to need to be in his presence, and we were going to endure the things to come. 
That was before any of this stuff started happening. The Lord always warns us. He's our shepherd. He wants to warn us ahead of time so that we know what to do. If we're listening, it requires us listening. Your, your uh, sons and daughters probably right now, are probably they probably hear from the Lord right now. I would imagine if you're following the Lord, they're probably listening, wondering, maybe asking questions. And you'll know when it's time. Like I said, Nikki was three. I think Jesse and my Michael was five, and the other one was six. Each child is different. Maybe they're all going to get saved at the same time. That could happen too, you know? However, the Lord leads you in your household. But anyway, and then in, um, in Acts 2 was, was when the Holy Spirit came, and um, the people in the uh, uh, community there, they thought they were, the disciples were all nuts because the Spirit came upon them because they all spoke with tongues, and they were all bewildered and said, what are these people doing? Are they all drunk at this hour of the day? You know, and uh, Peter, I believe it was, was speaking to him, and he said, uh, these are not drunk as you suppose, you know, but these are people who have been filled with the Holy Spirit. And he spoke to them about that. And then they got filled with the Holy Spirit. He quoted the scripture out, the scripture out of Joel says, I will pour out my spirit on my sons and daughters and they will prophesy. Uh, now my uh, son Micah, who is residing in heaven right now, he was, I think, he might have been six when he gave his first prophetic word. Nathan, who is somebody who lives in our community right now and still remembers this to this day, Micah prophesied over him. Okay, I think Nathan was eight. I think Micah might have been six. And I don't even remember where they were or how it happened. But anyway, Micah had this prophetic word for him, and he spoke it to him. And he, Nathan is married now and has children. And he remembers it to this day. Yeah. You know, it, it was like changing of his life. So don't doubt what your children are capable of, okay, or what you are capable of. We need to make sure that our, our children are walking in the fear of God and walking alongside of us and they understand what's happening because the Lord will speak to them. He may actually give them a warning for you if you're listening, okay? But we have to be listening. I, I can think of many times when Micah uh, spoke things to me that came to pass, and, uh, you know, at the time I thought, well, you know, he's only a kid. Does he, is he really hearing something? And he was. It proved to be true that what he was saying was from the Lord. So don't discount what your children are saying. They might be hearing something from the Lord for you that you need to hear that might actually save you from some kind of harm or something. I know I did experience that with Micah several times. So it's important that we come to know the Lord as adults, so we commit our lives to him, okay, and that we grow in the Lord. That we get baptized in the water. If you haven't been baptized in the water, it's a good thing to do. It's like burying your sins. You bury your sins and you equip a new person. I remember when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I came up and somebody started prophesying over me right away as I came up out of the water. I was totally shocked. I still have that prophetic word in my Bible that I carry around with me. See, the Lord was speaking to me even back then, okay? And then if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, I encourage you to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Uh, there's a scripture in Acts 19, uh, verses 1 to 6, where I think it was uh, Paul was going to visit the different apostles, not apostles, the different, not apostles, the different um, disciples, different churches. He was going from place to place, and he came upon this group, and he asked them if they had ever heard of the Holy Spirit. We said, we don't even know what that is. What's the Holy Spirit, you know? <laughs> and they have been baptized into the baptism of John. Okay, so here it is. It's uh, the Apostle Paul going to Ephesus. It's in Acts 19.1. It says, while Apollos was ministering in Corinth, Paul traveled on through the regions of Turkey until he arrived in Ephesus, where he found a group of 12 followers of Jesus, okay? The first thing he asked them was, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? No, they replied, we don't even know if there's a Holy Spirit. We've never heard of it. They didn't hear about it at all. And so Paul asked them, what was the meaning of your baptism? They responded, it meant that we would follow John's teaching. See, John was baptizing people in water. He, he, he baptized millions of people with now the report in the water during his lifetime, okay? In the rivers, wherever he could find water, he baptized them. Okay, so 
the disciples said, uh, John's baptism. And he said, well, then you need to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And when they understood this, they were baptized into the authority of Jesus, the anointed one. And when Paul laid his hands on each of them, the Holy Spirit manifested, and they immediately spoke in tongues and prophesied. Okay, now you might think, well, I'm saved. I know the Lord. Why do I need to get baptized in water? Why do I need to baptize in the Holy Spirit? Because those are tools in your tool chest that you will need to grow in the Lord. Okay, before I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I could pick up the Bible and read it. I started reading it when I was in junior high school, but I didn't understand it. When I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, it was like, bing, a light bulb came on. I suddenly could understand what I was reading. It was so exciting. So we need the Spirit of God, okay? If you're going to live in the presence of the Lord, you got to have the Holy Spirit. And, and you need to just uh, tap into that because it's like, it's like the power of God. The Lord has given us his power in the Holy Spirit. Jesus said when he left this earth, when he was crucified, he said, I am going to be with the Father, but I am going to send a helper to be with you who will guide and lead you into all truth. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the scripture from John 15. So we need to have that. So anyway, I just felt um, to, that I should share this with you today. It kind of goes along with what we've been saying. And again, I encourage you. If you don't know the Lord, you know, accept him as your Savior this day. If you want more of the Lord, press in. Get baptized in water. Get baptized in the Holy Spirit. We can talk to you about that. And you can have that today, too, if you want it. And by all means, teach your children. Never think they're too young. They aren't too young if they can, if they can, uh, if they're weaned and they understand what you're saying to them. You can talk to them about everything else. You can talk to them about the Lord. And the sooner they come to know the Lord, the better off they will be. The more foundation they will have to navigate this life, the easier they'll be able to hear from the Holy Spirit and to uh, walk in who God has called them to be as individuals. Amen? You know, my wife was not only instrumental in getting, leading our children to receive Jesus, she was instrumental in getting, leading me to Jesus. We used to have great arguments about <laughs> God until one day, one day. I love this woman. <laughs> how important it is. How many parents have I known over the years that struggled trying to get their children to be what they wanted them to be? And really what they needed to do is just offer them Jesus and, and let Jesus begin to work in their lives and not try to somehow make them be good. Let's worship some more. We'll close with a song. If you'd like prayer following the service, there'll be a few of us up here to pray for you. We'd love to pray for you. We love to watch what God can do in an individual's life. It's, uh, it's so exciting. You just want to go with this, and then we'll, we'll worship and, you know, depart, come up for prayer, however. Um, but may the Lord bless you and keep you and cause His face to shine upon you and to give you peace. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.